0: mm Welcome to Scats Chats, your destination for inspiration. Each episode, I chat with mental health professionals and everyday people just like you and me to talk about various wellness topics and the human experience. Get ready to feel inspired with another episode of... Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Scats Chats podcast. I'm so excited that you're here with me to check out another episode of our mental health and wellness show. My name is Sarah Katz, and I'm the host of this podcast. And on today's episode, I bring on Sandy, who is the author of Finding Eco Happiness. And in today's episode, we're going to talk all about the actual science behind why we're so connected to nature and how nature truly links to mental health. And I learned so much from talking to Sandy, and we're going to learn so much together because she talks about ions and color psychology and all these other things that really make sense and line up to how we actually feel when we're out in nature. And she also provides some tips and tricks on how to become more mindful and create a true relationship with nature, with the ocean, with trees, with the sky, however you feel connected to nature. This is your go-to episode for all these tips and tricks, and I'm so excited for you to listen. Before we get into that episode, you can find us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, just look us up, scats Chats, that's S-K-A-T-Z-C-H-A-T-S. And we also record video versions of this podcast, too, if you didn't know. You could check us out on YouTube, just search scats Chats and give us a subscribe and like us as well. And if you want to get some merch, like this really cool hat right here, and also we have these cute stickers... So cute for water bottles, laptops. You can go to our website, which is www.scatschats.com. So all the ways you can go and support us. We really appreciate everything. And leave us a comment, DM us on one of our social platforms. We would love to hear from you, and we would love to hear one of your New Year's resolutions as well, and we would love to support you through that also. So without further ado, let's get into this episode with Sanity all about nature and how much we can learn from nature and why we are so connected to our Mother Earth. Enjoy. Thank you so much, Sandy, for coming on to Scats Chats. I really appreciate you being here. I want to give the floor to you to introduce yourself to the audience and say a little bit more about you and what you do and why you would like to come on this podcast today.
1: Yeah, well, thanks for having me here. Cheers sure. and-
0: Uh, So yeah, my name is Sandy Schwartz. I am
1: an award-winning author, a freelance journalist, and a mom. And um, I focus on environmental writing. And especially what we're going to talk about today is the intersection of nature and mental health. And my book, Finding Eco Happiness, was all about that. Um, Mm -hmm. But I also write about some other environmental topics. I've been writing a lot of for like home and garden for bobbeella.com, Mind Body Green, you know, I really cover green living and sustainability. So it all it all goes hand in hand. And yeah, I mean my big message is that if we recognize the benefits of nature, hopefully we will protect it.
0: Hmm. <laughs> good point. Yeah. I feel like like um, you know, uh this green way of living or like living in the best way possible to take care of our planet is not so much like talked about or emphasized, I feel like now. So I think today's going to be really important to um, be live more of a lifestyle that's hand in hand with nature and really understand the benefits, not only just with your lifestyle, but also with mental health and things like that, too. So that's really cool that you have your author. You wrote a book about that. You've studied it and all that other stuff. Awesome. So I know we're going to talk about how Specifically, nature connects with mental health. So, I mean, it's pretty generic. I know that it's a common thing where people are like, oh, just get outside, take a walk. Um, But I really want to, like, dive into, I guess, more of, like, the why behind it. Why are those two connected? Like, what's the real kind of science or, like, connection there?
1: Yeah, well, right. Like, for many, for generations, for hundreds of years, we've known that being outside is beneficial. Mm-hmm. like anecdotally I mean when you think about where you are going on vacation a lot of the times it's to the mountains or to a lake or to the beach of course and oh yeah because it makes us feel better and, mm-hmm. and we just love that environment so what's really fascinating about this area of research and why I thought it was such an opportune time to write a book about it is that there's so much more data and scientific backing about why okay mm-hmm. and so I like to describe it as the multi-sensory experience and then you pick you kind of pick apart each of those senses and then you look at the research behind all of those and how they are beneficial to our well-being so for example colors Mm -hmm. you know we hear a lot about you know what colors to use for you know a calming bedroom or you know a restaurant or wherever we want to, you know, there's a lot of, like, there are actually color psychologists out there. Well, it turns out that what nature provides, mostly blues and greens, those are the most calming colors. Hmm. So it's kind of, it's kind of neat that, you know, you know, the nature that w- what's there naturally is, is beneficial to us and we never even realized it, right? So if you're looking for a calming bedroom, you want to really choose those pale blues and greens colors because that's what's going to be more soothing for you
0: so very interesting
1: yeah and color so color is one of the reasons why when we go outside and we look up at this you know beautiful big blue sky you know that makes us feel calmer um another thing visually this is interesting um there's a thing called fractal patterns okay and so there's lots if you really step back and you're mindful and you look outside you will notice so many patterns the if you look at a leaf if you look at the tree bark Mm -hmm. even if you look at how the ocean waves come crashing in and all of those patterns they found you know they, they hook people up you know to their brain and watch their brain waves and when they see these patterns it's calming it's soothing and we're attracted to them and our eyes you know are actually you know, kind of directed to them. Again, it's like, mm. you know, we're animals. This is all innate.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, we do, you know, also, like, are a part of nature in general, but that's really interesting about the colors and patterns, and that makes so much sense where, um, like, if you see, you know, when you go to your local, like, Lowe's or, you know, like, home and garden place, and you see um, all these different, like, little pots of flowers, and they're all colorful, like, you're drawn to that naturally, and that makes so much sense
1: yeah and you know there's a whole area of when I think about color I think of rainbows Mm -hmm. so there's another really fascinating area of research which is actually quite cutting edge and they're still trying to figure out is the emotion of awe and there's a real connection between you know nature and awe I mean we can experience awe in other ways like um you know at a concert or um science experiments or looking at space which to me space is nature too Mm -hmm. but there's so many opportunities to feel that, you know, that emotion of awe and wonderment and just kind of like, wow, right? It just, you know, you you can even have like a chill, you can have, you know, tears brought to your eyes when you see a rainbow or the Grand Canyon or, you Mm -hmm. know, anything that's just so inspiring that nature provides. So again, when when you're feeling awe, you are not going to be able to feel anxiety at the same time. That's what they, again, the scientists have found. So it's, it's sort of like, it's good to seek out those awe experiences and those nature connections to balance those, all that stress and anxiety that we feel.
0: Yeah, very interesting. And I know that a lot of different um, companies, I know this place where I take yoga, they do um, these like couple day retreats and they always go to some nature place. And that makes total sense where that's where you would go to, you know, do you reflecting and um, thinking and all that good stuff. So It makes sense how that's so, I guess, connected and that awe moment too. So I guess, well, I I guess I can ask you, like, what's your favorite place in nature that you like to go to experience like that connection and that awe for yourself?
1: I think, well, there's certain places I've been that are unbelievable. Like Mm -hmm. when we were in Hawaii for for our honeymoon and we were in a helicopter and that was the most incredible. I mean, Mm -hmm. we were flying by, the waterfalls in the side of the mountain mm. you know so that's not something you're going to see every day yeah but something i have a little bit more access to is the ocean you know i could just stand and, and stare at the ocean for a long time or, or really just even even simpler like go outside on a balcony or your backyard and look up at the clouds and it's the, the real trick and i try to tell people it's all about being in the moment and practicing that mindfulness in that simple way that you don't have to actually sit and meditate, you know, mm-hmm. for 10 minutes, 30 minutes, and, and and so structured and forced. It's literally just, like, step outside and look around and take in a, fresh air, you know, a breath of fresh air and really, like, see the flowers, see the leaves, see the clouds. That's the trick because that's where the benefits come. And, you know, it counteracts all of this technology mm-hmm. that we are constantly involved with and
0: bombarded with. That's so true. I think we need more of that balance because we always are looking at like squares and screens. And I mean, right now we're looking at a a screen, a square, but this is for a greater purpose. Um, I try to add some nature, right? Right. Yeah, I see that. It looks good. (laughs) And I have like flowers over here, even though they're fake, but you know, whatever. Um, But yeah, I I think we as humans just need more of that balance of we need some time to go outside and wherever that looks like you know the ocean or mountains or your own backyard for example and the thing is too i think is the most important is that it's free too it's not like you have to pay to go outside like it's just there for you you know Mm -hmm. and even if you live in the busiest
1: city in a you know in new york city there's Mm -hmm. still opportunities to find green space and and then again like things that you know uh, botanical gardens and nature science museums and um little corners where people have they're growing you know vegetables and pots mm-hmm. you know all of that and and actually it's funny you bring up a big um an interesting point when it comes to the fake flower um, <laughs> yes behind you I actually just wrote because I had a big question and I and I pitched an article um and I wrote the article I did all the research you know can fake plants serve that same mm. purpose as regular and it turns out Mostly, right? Like, obviously, you, you, you don't get the fragrance, mm-hmm. um, and you may not get the same texture. But visually, uh, it's the same thing as art. If you decorate your indoor environment with nature items, even a fake plant, you're still getting some of those benefits because our brain's going, oh, look at that pretty flower, that pretty plant, or that pretty scenery. Mm-hmm. And so definitely keep that in mind. You don't have to be immersed in nature all the time to have those benefits.
0: Mm, very interesting because I was just thinking too, like, how can someone, you know, decorate their space if they don't want? Because I know for me, I don't like to have life plants in the house just because they bring bugs and, you know, yeah. those little things. But that's very interesting how, like, fake plants can also kind of mostly, you know, bring that benefit too. Yeah. I mean, you could,
1: you could merge the fake plant with some incense, you know, essential mm-hmm. oils, and there you go. I mean, you know, that's another um, scent. The scents are a big, um, benefit you know to us whether it's essential oils or smelling an orange or smelling the roses like all of that too is that other you know adds on to that multi-sensory experience
0: Mm -hmm. yeah definitely i think that well i like i have like a little corner obviously you can't see it because the screen is facing this way but i have a little like reflection corner and Mm -hmm. um i think that I've seen a lot of like on Pinterest and things like that with home decor, people have like these little meditation corners or like, you know, their corner with their plants or um, just a little kind of corner that they go to to kind of recharge. And whether that has, I guess, real or fake plants in it, it's always like, I guess, a good idea maybe to for someone to think about doing that in their own home.
1: Yeah, and also I've been encouraged to find what's called a sit spot outside. Mm -hmm. So another place, if the weather's fine, to try to go outside for for a little bit of a break. You can even bring your laptop and do your work outside. I mean, just having that fresh air and hearing the birds chirping, it's just, it's soaking into us and it's helping us feel happier and calmer. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you can use both tools, but the sit spot, it's kind of cool too because, you know, it's like that place you go back to. And it could be at a local park, or it could be in your backyard, or, or even a little, you know, corner of your balcony or something.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, like that one space that, like, you're, like, called to and you want to return back to. That's cute. Mm-hmm. I like that. And there was a point that you mentioned, too, where, you know, you don't, like you mentioned before, you don't have to do a structured meditation when you're outside. There was this one point where I um, went to, it's called the Huntington, uh, the Huntington Library yeah, Huntington Library in California. It's like a botanical garden. Um, They have different like rose gardens, um, you know, like Japanese garden, all those different things. And I went for a day, like a little solo field trip. And I was thinking, okay, like, what do I want to accomplish today? What am I going to do today? And then I was thinking like, no, I don't have to necessarily accomplish anything. I could just enjoy being here. There doesn't have to be a certain like, problem that I have to feel like I need to resolve. It's just kind of that break from screens and from everyday life, I guess, too. It's interesting you bring that up because I
1: was just telling my husband the other day that yeah. the older I get, I feel like maybe it's just, maybe it's just the, the busier life is or just the more options we have in life, which seems to have grown the older I've gotten, <laughs> is <laughs> that um, it's it's actually so much harder to add a new habit in. Mm -hmm. and really, like, when I try to do a habit, and I'll, like, do it for a couple weeks, and a lot of it puts too much pressure on myself, so, like, when I did try to meditate every morning, like, I was too sleepy, like, it didn't work for me, and then when I did in the afternoon, I would fall asleep on my bed, (laughs) so for me, what works is literally my mindfulness time is a walk outside, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, and so you have to find what works for you, and the trick, and, and for anxiety, and I've been trying to manage my anxiety for a long time now, is that and, you know, all the advice, don't eat that, do this. You know, you could go, you could go nuts just trying to follow all the rules to lower your anxiety. Mm-hmm. But if you're an anxious person, the best thing I've found is to just be, mm-hmm. right? And just enjoy. Like you said, just go somewhere and see what you find and don't make a plan. And I used to be the biggest planner. and I'm noticing, I am too now. <laughs> well, yeah. I noticed since the pandemic, my planning skills have kind of gone out the window but um which has its pros and cons you know i still get all my work done but you know socially i'm not really a planner it's like okay you know whatever comes and you know i think that's it helps with anxiety to kind of just enjoy the
0: moment when you can yeah that's so interesting and i think in a broader perspective i always think too like what's what's the rush you know what's the rush to do something i guess like there's this other kind of side hustle thing that I wanted to start. And I'm kind of like, wait, I shouldn't feel pressured to do this. I should actually want to do it. So I should be in the right mindset to actually do it. But I guess that's another conversation, but um, (laughs) it's just kind of like, you know, we have all this time still to do things that we want to do. And we don't necessarily have to like plan out every single day, you know, as totally structured and just kind of be free free flowing. And like you said, just be, be here and enjoy, the earth that you're on too
1: yeah yeah and i know this is a tangent away from from nature but one of the things i had to learn with manage my anxiety is that to accept that i am a control freak you know like Mm -hmm. like i love control and i love i loved everything and then um having very high expectations and so if you plan all that out and say i'm going to go to this botanical garden and i'm going to do this 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 and i'm going to stay there for this long and it doesn't work out, now you're harder on yourself because you didn't accomplish all that. And the best moments are probably like when you just stood there and saw a beautiful rose and kind of lost track of where you were. And and so I I think nature can help us do that by just kind of staring and enjoying it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think too, um, you know, if for people out there who have children too, I think maybe it's a good balance to find with their kids, too, of like, because I know it seems to be like the trend more is to give your toddler like an iPad to shut them up. I mean, I, yeah, like I got my first cell phone when I was like 10, and now these younger kids are just having screens in front of them all the time, and I personally don't think it's very uh, good for our young generations, but how can people, can parents find ways to balance that technology with, you know, having that outside time with their kids?
1: Yeah, it's challenging. Um, You know, I think one there's lots of different ways to look at it. So if you're starting from you know scratch with as as far as the kid is like always on technology and and you can't you know go out to go to out to play child and they don't go and and, Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't work that way. I think you can build a bridge from tech to outdoors by um, using apps that connect them to nature. And there's some Mm -hmm. really cool ways that you go outside and you like take pictures of a tree or the flowers, and then it tells them the species and gives them information, get them involved in in what's called um, citizen science projects. So Mm. that's, you know, an avenue to kind of, you know, lure them outside. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can also, you know, um, uh, negotiate screen time for green time and Mm. make sure that they're balancing that you can add again habits that hopefully don't become like annoying it's more like hey let's do our homework outside or let's eat dinner outside or let's go for a walk between you know when you come home from school and you have to start your homework you know, find that like my son he's he's 14 and you know a habit he kind of picked up starting in the pandemic where he was online a lot and doing online learning and then even now he he's like i had a busy day and I have this work to do he'll go play basketball or he'll go for a run around the neighborhood Mm -hmm. and it's such a healthy pattern because I had to nudge him on it like I had to explain to him you know he doesn't get phys ed anymore in school he doesn't Mm -hmm. have recess yeah and he's gonna be you know before we know it he'll be in college he needs to build in these you know habits you know fitness routines himself and I explained when I was in college what I would do and you know he was reluctant at first and now he's like okay i'm off and it's good for the parent too because you know when they're little you you don't want to let them out of your sight but now as they get older you gotta let them go and i have to let him just you know go out and run around and do Mm -hmm. what he needs to do and so it's really it's a healthy change for the parent and the child
0: yeah that's very interesting kind of like um as they say like loosening the leash almost you know (laughs) kind of like like letting him kind of find his own in his teenage years yeah yeah i mean so i'm
1: 45 and so when Mm -hmm. i grew up you know we used to go play in the woods Mm -hmm. we used to ride our bikes all over the place i mean i can't believe i was crossing major highways i say to my mom what in the world where where were you because like (laughs) there were not phones and i would be gone for hours and hours i'm Mm -hmm. lucky to be alive you know thinking about it in today's terms um, but for some reason, my generation of parents just like, yeah, we're like so scared and a lot of it has to do with the news cycle. Everything's mm-hmm. all blown out of proportion when it's really actually, I think, safer than it was back then.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember my mom mentioning too that um, she would always say that she and her sisters need to get back before the streetlights come on.
1: Yeah. So that's when they know
0: that like dinner was like soup was on or something like that. But uh-huh. yeah, yeah, I do. I do remember like that you know, previous generations, like, used to go play outside so much more, and I think, yeah, Yeah. just with technology, um, it's just, you know, has a lot of issues, but a lot of good things, you know, there's pros and cons and everything, but, yeah, it's all about balance. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Yeah, and
1: so, um, an author by the name of Richard Louv, actually, about 20 years or so, he wrote a book all about what he called nature deficit disorder, And that's what sort of spurred this interest in. um, And he talks more broadly, not just about mental health, but obesity and ADHD and how nature, you know, they found nature can help, obviously, with um, issues like, you know, health and getting out there and running around more. But also, ironically enough, being outdoors actually helps kids focus more. And all of us actually focus more. You would think it would be a distraction, but there's something about, Again, that like multi-dimensional world, multi-century experience that, that helps us um relax and then focus. We're more creative, we're more productive. Yeah, mm-hmm. lots of benefits to nature. I
0: was just gonna say creative. Yeah, when I go on my walks, I'm like, Oh, wait, that's a good idea. Maybe I should uh-huh. write that down. So yeah, that's very Hopefully. true. I noticed that. Yeah, there's a lot of things that I think nature can bring and its benefits. Um you know, I think definitely to getting some natural sun, like that good, you know, vitamin D in, you know, not too much obviously to where you get sunburned, but I think that's really healing for our bodies as well too.
1: Yeah, and the fresh air, and there's actually also um, I talk about negative ions. This is mm-hmm. fascinating and, and kind of cutting edge too. And mm-hmm. some of the research, you know, it's not a hundred percent at this point, but that there's like energy in the air. Let's say after a rainstorm when we breathe in that air, like that helps calm us down as well. You can also get that like if you're standing at a waterfall or at the ocean, and you can kind of like understand, right? Like, oh, when I went to Niagara Falls, it's just mm-hmm. this refreshing feeling that makes you feel better. And mm-hmm. um, so they're really trying to pinpoint the science of it, but it's called negative ions.
0: Hmm. Very interesting. And I think it also kind of um, humbles us and brings us back to that feeling of that we're just one person we're so small and our problems really don't matter as much in the grand scheme of things because like you know we're just one little ant if you will on this giant huge planet of you know nature and beauty so i think that's really humbling too yes and and that's a big
1: concept of awe is that perspective Mm -hmm. of the vastness and you're right it kind of grounds you it makes you appreciate and be more grateful of your surroundings and your place here and and that's also helped me with my anxiety because um i actually have this vision um new york natural sciences museum Mm -hmm. they had this really cool like this this walkway kind of like it's a spiral walkway and it shows like um how life kind of was created Mm -hmm. and like the timeline of life essentially Mm -hmm. and you know like let's say when the big bang happened and then you know where humanity is and and then it also shows like the different like species of different animals that have come and gone over time mm. and you get yeah, you get to humanity and it's like this little tiny speck uh, on the on this time frame and, it, and I sometimes if I'm feeling anxious or like about some stupid thing really when you think about it mm-hmm. I put it in that perspective and I'm like Oh, my gosh. Like, humanity has hardly even been here when you think about yeah. it. So, so yeah, I think nature helps us realize that and all the animals that have come and gone before us. And
0: yeah, 100 yeah, percent. That's interesting. So that's actually in a museum in New York, you said? Yeah, like the, the Natural Sciences Museum, like that famous mm. museum that they had that,
1: that movie. Isn't that with... The movie where they
0: slept over in the museum. <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. Okay, yeah. Um, I don't remember what I the, did the museum called. or something. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. Interesting. I'll have to go check that out if I'm ever in New York. But um, yeah, very cool. Like, like, yeah, it's those things where it's like there's so many living natural beings that have come before us and will come mm-hmm. after us too and just kind of put things in perspective and maybe yeah, that does help with our anxiety where it's kind of like our problems don't matter right now. All that matters right now is just kind of soaking in this energy from the earth and also like whatever, you know, deity you believe in, just kind of having that reminder of that the universe or God or whoever is always there to support you too. I find that whenever I'm in nature Mm -hmm. as well.
1: Yes, it's very spiritual for for a lot of people. That's Mm -hmm. for sure. Connection. And it's just like like I I keep using the word awe, but it is just awe inspiring because you can't you can't even put into words in a lot of ways. Yes. I mean, even with you're if you are watching an animal whether in person or on a screen it's kind of like you're like whoa you know th- like there was this time we were actually at the oregon zoo and there was an orangutan and my kids and i were so enthralled <laughs> watching it this guy because he was like human and he's swinging around and he was it was like he was communicating and talking to us
0: mm-hmm. we were
1: just blown away yeah so moments like those that that realize it kind of puts things in perspective too
0: yeah, really interesting, seeing how, like, similar they are to us, and and just, yeah, how, how smart animals could be, too, I think. Yeah. Yeah, super smart, yeah. And I think one thing, too, that people um, might be, or something that might be beneficial to people, is to kind of research, you know, what um, parks are near them, or, you know, what kind of, like, mm-hmm. um, like federal national parks are near them, too, because... Um, there's a lot of things I think that are free to go to. And, um, I know Mm -hmm. that, I know that the Huntington that I mentioned before is not free. Um, but you know, there's, there's ways that you can just kind of go out and have like a little free reflection therapy session with yourself and just kind of explore Mm -hmm. and experience what, what comes to mind when you actually are immersed in a really beautiful place.
1: Yeah, definitely look at, start with your own town or city. There's lots of green spaces and mostly for free um I'm in Florida and we have these great kind of parks where there's a a boardwalk and kind Mm -hmm. of through a marshy area and then you walk around so you're getting the exercise and you're seeing all these beautiful birds and other species sometimes even an alligator will pop up Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but you're safe because you're you're on the boardwalk um and then yeah state parks and national parks and national parks sometimes actually um there are a few few holidays throughout the year that they have like free um, you can visit for free, and then there's also, you know, botanical gardens and butterfly gardens and museums and even just communities. You know, look up your local gardening gardening club, and a lot of them have these really cool tours. Um, I did that this summer in New Jersey because we're up there in the summer, and you would go like from house to house. They give you a map, and you get to see you know these uh, incredible gardens that different people put together in their own yards, and you're like, wow, like. <laughs> inspired by it's a whole you know art in itself yeah so yeah there's so many you know i have checklists in in my book um, where you can you know see all kinds of you know because i have ch- different chapters like creative arts mindfulness food animals um gratitude and so i've kind of created these checklists based on those topics so if you love art there's tons of ways to connect to nature through in an artistic way And so maybe you want to explore those. Or if you're an adventurer, then you can, you know, get out there and paddleboard or hike Mm, or, you know, mm -hmm. there's really something for everyone. And that's the beauty of it, I think.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. And that's a perfect segue too. I was just going to ask if people (laughs) want to find your book or look into more about what you do and everything like that, where can people go check you out at?
1: All right, i might as well show the cover right
0: so. oh there you go perfect <laughs> finding eco happiness i love that and cute little kids out there and that's the yeah. beauty is like they look so happy out in nature and not on screens right exactly That's the goal. <laughs> yeah so
1: it's officially a parenting book um but honestly i've got a lot of feedback it's really for everybody um you know it's it's filled with the na- the science behind all of this of you know why certain foods we eat are soothing to us, why gardening is calming, Mm -hmm. why, you know, dancing outside or doing yoga outside can also, you know, this is all all the benefits. Um, And then again, there's the checklist and and other resources. But um, so that book, I also have a children's book called Sky Search for Eco-Happiness, which is Mm -hmm. great if you have little kids and you want to introduce the idea of, you know, how to address emotional challenges through Mm -hmm. nature. It's a great, great solution. And then, um, so my, my website is ecohackinessproject.com. And I also have tons of blog posts and um, other interviews like this up there and a free a free quiz and a free track, checklist and mm. free calendar. So yeah, definitely hop on over and, and immerse yourself in the beauty of nature. <laughs>
0: Awesome. Yeah. I will I might even have to check out that book myself. And um, <laughs> we'll put all that information too in the episode description so that people can easily go out and copy and paste that web link and all that good stuff. So awesome. Yeah. Sounds like good. some really good stuff in there that I think people can really check out and, you know, learn from more even after this, listening to this episode too. So.
1: Yeah. yeah. And my biggest tip is to start with what you already love and, and go from there because you know, you may already be doing being a photographer, but maybe you're taking pictures of people or buildings. And I'm going to encourage you to start taking pictures of hmm. flowers and trees because you're getting that those health benefits while you're doing that activity. So.
0: Yeah, very interesting. So there's like there's little tweaks that we can you know uh, make or change, I guess, to kind of immerse ourselves more into nature. So very cool very interesting yeah well thank you so much sandy for coming on i really appreciate it this was a really fun chat um i even learned more about things i'm going to explore what else is in my area that i can go check out oh, and cool. um yeah if you're if you would like to come on anytime you're welcome to to talk about anything else um and yeah thanks so much again take care thank you thanks for having me Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Find out more about us at www.scatschats.com. Special thanks to NK Arts, who designed our logo, Daddy Lackis for writing and producing our theme song, Joe Papadenitz for branding photos, and our friend Abby for social media.